welcome to season four of Sorting Pin, the California Cattlemen podcast. I'm your host, Katie Roberti, and CCA's Director of Communications. Whether you've been listening to this podcast for years or this is the very first episode you've turned on, I'm excited to get to sort through the issues and events impacting California's ranching families and producers again with you this year. Tune in every other Monday for new episodes and follow our brand new Facebook page, Sorting Pin, for more. Welcome back to another episode of Sorting Pin, the California Cattlemen podcast. Thanks again for joining us once again. As you've heard on recent episodes, a bunch of our staff has been in Orlando for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association meetings and Cattle Industry Trade Show, which is always an exciting time to gather with like-minded folks from across the country and really the world. So we've been in Orlando, we've been attending meetings, committee meeting sessions, and walking the trade show, of course. Today we have a really special episode. Our officer team has had this idea for a while to have a speaker come to either convention or a mid-year meeting or even a webinar about mental health in rural areas. Most of us listening live in rural areas and we probably know mental health is not often talked about or we don't feel like we have the appropriate tools or like methods to start those conversations. So this year at the trade show, NCBA has a really cool nonprofit called Rural Minds. So we're going to do a whole episode on that today. And joining us for that conversation, I have Julie Lux with Rural Minds, who is the Vice President of Communications. Thank you, Katie. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk with you and hear more about what Rural Minds is. It is a nonprofit for mental health. And we were just discussing a little bit about it before we hit record, but let's talk a little bit about what the nonprofit is before we get into the Rural Mental Health Resilience Program. Absolutely. Well, I'll give you a little bit of background on how Rural Minds came to be. The founder and chairman of Rural Minds, Jeff Winton, is is kind of in a unique combination because he has been a communications executive for many, many years, worked uh, particularly in the pharmaceutical industry, but has a great deal of skill and in, in knowledge in that area, but he's also a dairy farmer. And seventh generation as a matter of fact, a dairy farmer. And tragically, about 13 years ago, Jeff's beloved nephew, Brooks, died by suicide, leaving behind three-year-old twins and to even exacerbate and make the situation even worse. And Jeff was the person who was charged by his mother, Brooks's grandmother, with giving the eulogy at the funeral. And a lot of people who knew what had happened said to them, well, you're not going to say what really happened, are you? You're going to say that he had a heart attack or he died in a farming accident, and which just goes to show the stigma, sadly, is still in some ways alive and well. Mrs. Winton, Elaine Winton, said, no, we're going to talk about this because it's time that people talk about this. We will never be able to do anything to make this situation better if we don't. So Jeff spoke at the funeral about how Brooks had died and said afterward, people were lined up to share their stories. And from that, Jeff thought, Maybe there's some there's a need out here. So he started doing a number of research, talked to some of the major national mental health organizations, because there's great organizations yeah. out there. But most of them, their focus is more on rural. And they actually, I mean, on, on, sorry, on urban. And they actually told him, we need expertise, because they recognize the fact that the challenges that people face in rural communities is very different. You cannot tell a farmer or a rancher in, you know, the Salinas Valley in California, for example, 
take a mental health day. Yeah. You know, it's well, it's you know, okay. So it's you know, it's time to harvest the crop. You can't do that. Yeah. How do we find the solutions that will resonate and will help with people in rural communities? And so two and a half, almost three years ago now, Rural Minds was born with the focus specifically on helping find those resources, find those ways to address the very unique needs in rural communities because the pressures that people face in rural areas is very different than the pre- not that either are worse they're just different and we have to address we have to come to the people in rural americas and america and dress where they live absolutely they are very different i would have no idea what someone in new york city is stressed about in comparison to someone in a rural <laughs> community that's so great he took that bad situation and is not doing something great with it of course yeah you have this great fact sheet here that says suicide rates of people living in rural communities are 64 to 68% higher than those living in urban areas. Isn't that just sobering? And it's just, when we saw that statistic, we were just shocked that it was that much higher. But that's, just, I believe that's a CDC statistic, so. That's pretty scary. I think we've all heard it is higher in rural communities, but that's a pretty sobering fact right there that it's 64 to 68% higher. And that on here as well, farmers are twice as likely as people in other occupations to die by suicide. So super great that this is now a resource um, to people either surrounded in areas that don't really know what to do or people just surrounded by people that they are worried about. With Rural Minds, what are some of the resources that you have available? Where we started was the fact that what Jeff heard as he was going around and talking to people, he realized that there are a great many good resources out there. The challenge was people didn't know how to find them. The mission of the organization is to serve as the informed voice for mental health in rural America. So we started compiling on the ruralminds.org website various resources from across the country that people could access, could find, and could reach out to. So that was kind of step number one. What we realized is there was a need for more. And one of the things that's the greatest about people who live in rural communities, people that work in farming, ranching, and and are, you know, appreciate the, the joys of living in rural areas is they tend to be pretty self-reliant folks. They kind of want to do things themselves. And so the goal was to create a program, which turned into the Rural Mental Health Resilience Program, that where people could actually do that, play to the strengths of the people that live in rural communities and give them the tools, individuals and organizations, the tools that they can use to as the theme or the theme and the tagline for the organization is grow hope so we can grow hope together because one of the reasons that many people uh, either have depression they or they um, substance abuse or heaven forbid take their own lives is because they feel hopeless and being able to give people that hope and that's where this started and we were very excited and very pleased to be able to partner with the National Grange, one of the oldest agricultural organizations in the United States, but an organization that in their, you know, 150 plus years, yeah. whatever, had never addressed mental health before. And they said, well, it's the time we need to do this. So they were, our, were and are our partners in creating the Rural Mental Health Resilience Program, but then a number of other great organizations have come on board since the launch in November to help spread the word. That's incredible that the Grange stepped up in that way. 
Um, I was just telling you that we have a Grange in our area. Just having the Grange on board is huge. How do people come to find out about the program? I think you just talked about how ranchers and farmers tend to be isolated. And I feel like people probably either dealing with a situation either where they're depressed or someone that knows someone that they might be worried about their mental health. They're probably more isolated people. They're in rural areas, just like Mm -hmm. you said. So how are they finding out about this program? Maybe is it through Grange or what other resources? A couple of different ways. All of the material is on our website, realminds.org slash resilience. People can download, there's fact sheets. The one I was telling you about, Katie, is this how to start a conversation with somebody that you think may be having some mental health challenges. Because so many of us, we may think that a loved one, a neighbor is having an issue, but we don't really know how to start the conversation. And we're almost in sometimes a little frightened to start the conversation. Because we don't want to say the wrong thing. We don't want to make the situation any worse. But we worked with mental health professionals to come up with ways that people can start that conversation. Also, warning signs. What are some of the things that you can look for that some, something may be different? That person who was very social and was going to, you know, going to events in town, sure. all of a sudden they're not showing up. You can go to them and say, you know, we're missing, we miss you or something. But the one thing we also suggest is as human beings, we want to fix things. We want to help. And with situations like this, it's more about listening. It's being that non-judgmental voice. So it's not necessarily, well, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday. When I was a kid, we, I, we used to always say to each other, you know what your problem is? <laughs> and that's probably the last thing you need to say to somebody in a situation where they really do are yeah. challenged. But this is the way to be that non-judgmental voice. I'm here for you, whatever the right, you know, the wording is, and give the person the chance to talk. Because a lot of people, and I think as you were talking about isolation, in rural areas more than even in urban areas, they think they're the only ones that have ever dealt with this problem. Yeah. And there is a relief in just knowing that you're not alone. So these are the type of resources, fact sheets. If you have somebody who says, oh, there's not a problem in our area. Here, look at, look at the numbers. There, here it is. So there's that component. All of this material is downloadable. If you don't have internet, really good internet access, and some of us don't, even going to the library, you can download material and, and print it out. But the other thing, and this is really where the Grange comes into it specifically, it's what I call almost a mental health program in a box. All the tools are within this particular program to put on a mental health awareness event in your community. And you will be seeing these taking place in Grange Halls across the United States this year. It's almost like a pilot program in a way, but they'll be taking place in Grange Halls across the country. But, you know, your local church group, your local, you know, Boys or Girl Scouts or 4-H organizations, garden clubs can put on this program. There's a PowerPoint presentation. There's talking points. There's a press release, fill in the blank press release for people to help spread, get the word out about it. There's poster templates in there. So it's really everything that people need to say, okay, we're going to spread the word. We're going to let people know. So you have the one sheets, the individual sources, plus you have this event toolkit per se, 
All of this information, all of this material is 100% absolutely free. There is no charge whatsoever. We have our good sponsors to thank for their generosity in making this possible. Providing people with tools to talk to other people about it is probably a really important step to decreasing this 64 to 68% number because it's not a natural thing to bring up a conversation to your friend. I wouldn't know where to start, but knowing there's a place to go that you could learn. I mean, you could probably even download that PowerPoint just for yourself mm-hmm. and read up oh, on absolutely. it. absolutely. So that's a pretty incredible thing that you're reaching out to both audiences. Yeah, so super excited to take a look. We'll definitely be able to link this website, Rural Minds slash Resilience, in our podcast show notes. So anyone's listening, just click the show notes and it'll take you straight there. And the one thing I was also going to mention is that what we call in the business a living, breathing document. New information is being added all the time. As the Grange and other organizations conduct these events in the local communities, we will learn from that and fine-tune the program based on the real-life experience. So it's not something, okay, we threw it up on the website, it's here, good luck. It's going to be an ongoing process to continue to make it better and make it serve the needs of the rural communities. That's probably also very important as things change, economy changes, life changes day to day very quickly, as we know, in the past couple of years. That's great to hear as well. I had asked you earlier if this was your first Cattlemen's Convention (laughs) with Rural Minds, and you said you guys were here last year, but that NCBA had made it a real point. Um, to bring you guys back and put you in a great spot on the trade show. Let's talk a little bit about that, if you don't mind. No, not at all. We are so grateful to NCBA and to Kate Maher in particular, uh, because I've known Kate through another life. And when I told her (laughs) about this, she said she was the one who was really the impetus to say, NCBA needs to be a part of this. This is something that our community needs to be a part of. So last year we had a room here. We were a little off the beaten path. We had some good foot traffic, but not great. This year, NCBA was generous and kind enough to give us a great spot right on the trade show floor. And we've had terrific traffic. Being able to just spread the word and let people know these resources are available to you, getting more and more people to use it. Because again, you know, I remember the 60s, and I remember the old, the old saying, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Yeah. Well, the whole idea of this is to be part of the solution, to help grow hope. Because when there's another old saying, when there's hope, there's life. And being able to give people that little bit of hope that gets them to take the next step. Because, again, we, are, we work with mental health professionals. We as a group, Jeff, myself, the leadership of the organization, we are not mental health professionals, but we're PR people. So we know if we don't know the answer to something, we know where to find it. So all this information is a partnership with the experts, the people that know. Which is also probably really crucial for rural areas. A lot of rural areas probably don't have those mental health professionals right by, or you can't leave your dairy farm to drive two hours to go talk to someone. Exactly, exactly. And even if you do, if you're lucky enough to have a mental health professional or or a clinic, again, going back to this idea, the stigma, you park your truck out in front of that office and everybody in town is going to know about it pretty fast. And that is sometimes people are intimidated by that. They're not quite ready to let the world, they may confide in one or two people, get the impetus to go and seek help, but they're not quite ready to tell the whole world yet. The so. whole town, at least. Exactly. <laughs> spread fast. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it sounds like you've had great conversations here this week and lots of interest in 
We've conversations. We've had some wonderful conversations. We really appreciate the interest of people like you and your podcast and your audience because this is how we get the word out and let people know that there is hope and there are resources available that can help. What I keep going back to is this is material that was designed specifically for people who live and work in rural areas. It is not for the people that have a nine-to-five job in New York City. It's for the people that live in the small towns and but are the cornerstone, in my opinion, the cornerstone of the country. So we need to be able to give those people the meaningful material and material that's useful for them. Absolutely. And like you said earlier, just let them know they're not the first ones to ever go through this. You're not alone. You so. are not alone because that there are a lot of people, again, living in isolated areas that I've heard some absolutely sobering stories since I've been here, you know, because we hear the good, but we also hear some of the very tragic stories. And if we can help in some way about those stories not happening again, not that's, you know, that's what the organization is here to do. Well, I'm super excited that we got to talk and thank you so much for helping set this up and being willing it's thank you it's your interest in you helping us to spread the word that really makes it all makes it all work it makes it all happen so thank you for giving us the time to talk about it you're welcome again if you're listening and you want to know more go to ruralminds.org resilience we will definitely link it in the show notes and i'm excited to look through the powerpoints and see maybe what california cattlemen's can do we can have a webinar or workshop we'll definitely be talking with our leadership about that as well And please, if there's anything that Rural Minds could do to help, don't hesitate to ask. We absolutely won't. Thanks, Julie. Thank you, Katie. Thanks again for listening. Coming up in just a few weeks, we have our steak and eggs breakfast in Sacramento, California. If you've never attended this event, it's a great time to talk with your legislators, uh, meet new people, talk with the staffers who actually run the Capitol building. It's a great experience. So definitely be sure to sign up for that and RSVP by March 1st. And also check out our next episode. We're going to be sitting down with Assemblymember Jim Wood, and he's going to be talking to us about his 10 years in the legislature, why he's made it a priority to come to that event, and what he's kind of learned from working with ranchers and meeting with them. So definitely stay tuned, and we'll talk to you soon.